Red alert. Fire. Make it so. Make it so. Make it so. Make it so. Help warp one. Warp two. Warp factor eight. Engage. 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 T. Earl Grey hot. T. Earl Grey hot. T. Earl Grey hot. Would you like some tea? Hello and welcome back to episode two of Earl Grey and Picard, where we talk about our favorite Picard episodes and what was the most Picardian about them. And with me is my co-host. I'm Dan. I'm really looking forward to talking about this episode. I like it a lot. So today we, um, we're doing Measure of a Man. And what makes this episode so such a damn fine Picard episode? And where to begin with Measure of a Man? Well, for me... It, it is the humanity that Picard displays, the willingness to defend his friend and comrade in the in the face of danger and dissection. Um, and just did I mention the brilliant acting of Patrick Stewart? So those are like well, the, like the very first things that fly out to me about why Dan and I decided to do Measure of a Man today. I like um, <clears throat> that he yeah he defends Data, he defends his. Uh, his, um, um, his 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 officer, his friend, his his companion, um, but he does that after first talking to Data, and basically making sure that Data didn't want to go, didn't want to be disassembled, didn't want to be torn apart. Um, and then once you realize that Data didn't want that, of course he's going to do everything he can to prevent it. Um, he gave Data the autonomy. I, that's uh, looking at in the beginning of the beginning of the episode where, where Maddox says his little bit about taking him apart uh, and he goes and talks to data and says data this might be a good thing data's on all the on all the uh, federation ships blah 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 um, and then data makes that little comment about Jordy's eyes Picard says yep fair enough and that's it and then he immediately jumps into defending his friend defending his officer defending his his uh, subordinate um, which i like to give data the choice basically and once the choice is made data or data uh picard ran with it and just made sure that his his uh his friends can be okay okay well before we continue more about the episode let us just talk about just very briefly about the uh quote-unquote earl gray that we're having today so today uh, dan and i are enjoying uh two beers from uh from ontario they are both flying monkeys right and i think you're having yeah you're having the same one as i am yeah it's called a milkshake ipa from flying monkeys craft brewery and i believe they are based in Barrie, ontario and um Aside, wait, let me just It's see. called Live Transmission, I believe. Yep. Uh, we've already had several, uh, which you might be able to tell by listening to this. Trying uh, to. <laughs> it's, it's a truly excellent beer. Um, and if they want to sponsor us, I really recommend they do that. Yeah. So this Flying Monkeys one is a 6.3% one. Very hoppy. Before this one, um, I had something called an Interstellar IPA from Forked River, another Canadian brewing company. And uh, Dan, do you remember what you had before that one there? We well, the, it was called um, the uh, Trash Panda. It was a Canadian Trash one based Panda. out of Flyford somewhere in Ontario. Uh, and before that, we split a triple IPA from Flying Monkeys called um, uh, Sparkle Puff. Okay, so every week I just came up with this idea. Now let's um, 
we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the uh, the beers we're having and why we like them so much. And um, beer slash Earl Grey, call them what you want. But this is our podcast. We will talk about a little bit about our beer and mostly about Star Trek. Mostly about Picard. With a, with a focus on Picard. On yeah. Picard, yes. Oh, did you see the uh, the new poster that came? I out did. Yeah, and the uh, you, yeah, yeah, and the little. Great. Did you know it's little Delta signature on the dog? Great. Yeah, and you know Patrick Stewart is a huge dog lover yep, in real life. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and when I saw the poster, I couldn't help but think of John Wick. Oh yeah, because of that dog. Yeah, yeah. 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 The whole reason John Wick movies exist because they killed his dog. So he's got to fuck shit up. Picard, there's the dog. It's Picard. The exact well, same he, thing, just slightly less violent. Okay, there's so much I want to tell you about the trailer. You, uh, I know you refuse to mm-hmm. watch the trailer. You have your own reasons, and I respect that. But um, it's an interesting trailer, and I wish I could talk to you about it. But I'm sure, uh, <laughs> I'm sure the audience knows about the trailer. They have seen the Picard trailer at this point, and um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about it in the in any comments section that we, we have right oh, now. Oh, actually, oh, I think on. we should say too. We've we've slightly changed the format of the podcast because originally we were going to do ten. Picard episodes. Now we're going to do one Picard episode per season. So only seven as opposed to ten uh, before the before the show starts. Yeah. So the show should be coming out in December. Yeah. Yep. Or early January. End, end of the year. End of the year. And we have a Facebook page now. Um, Wait, what? You never told me that. Yeah, I made you the admin. Oh, that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I <laughs> was yesterday. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Flying yeah. Lucky's beer is good. Yeah. Um, yeah, just type in Earl Grey and Picard on Facebook and you'll be able to find us. And if you want to talk uh, or comment about the beers we're having or the Picard episodes we're watching, please feel free to do so. Do we have a link to the podcast episodes on the page? Uh, we will shortly. Okay. We will very shortly. Um, and with, you know, last week, it was our first one, you know, so there are some things we're working through in terms of the production quality and whatnot. So I apologize for any sound quality issues or whatnot, but each week we aim to improve and hopefully by, you know, the very last uh, Earl Grey and Picard, we will have a great uh, sounding podcast. And um, if there are any suggestions any of you might have, please feel free to mention them. I'm a firm believer in the idea that any issues with the podcast, uh, audio quality, uh, um, any, any, any content quality, anything like that is strictly a result of, Steven's equipment and not the <laughs> fact that each episode we tend to drink a little more beer than we probably should. Yeah, I think both are true. <laughs> it's a combination of beer and faulty equipment, but uh, but, but, but it's a very heartfelt love for Star Trek. It is, and, and that's what matters for Picard. And so I hope you can appreciate the gorilla style format we're going through here. Ooh, I like that gorilla style. That's gorilla, nice. Gorilla, yeah. Thank you. Should and, be doing this out in the field somewhere. Yeah, but um, okay. Oops. So, measure of a man. Okay, one of the things I wanted to ask, though, um, the romance. Was there any romance between Picard and the fleet admiral that we see in the beginning? She, it was, the I, JAG officer. The right? JAG yeah. officer. I don't know if her name was ever mentioned, but the local JAG officer. Because at one point, she's like, um, you are a very sexy man, Picard. You know, And she kept on hitting on him. Like, oh, Picard, let's go out for dinner. And he kind of hit on her, too. Even though for the first three seasons maybe he comes across as not asexual but very uh focused on his career maybe Uh, i would almost say sexual like he 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 had no interest in any woman in the first three seasons besides his sexuality didn't really exist in a way well his character wasn't defined you know until he got the collar 
You know, like, yeah. basically TNG started for me when they got the bloody collar. Mm-hmm. You know, so the episode Evolution, season three, episode one, that's Star Trek TNG for me, basically. That's when it starts. Yeah, that's when, uh, season three is when it gets good. Yeah. Uh, Maurice Hurley, um, show running season two was awful. Season one was trying to get um, feet under the ground. Um, yeah, who was this, the showrunner? I think it was Michael Pillar, right? Who, uh, yeah, season one? No, season three was uh, Michael Pillar took over. Yeah. yeah. Maurice Hurley he did the first died. two seasons. I don't know if he died, he died but or um, whatever it was, yeah. He, yeah. But he was he was he was not great for Star Trek, but uh, with this with this Jag officer, they seem to have chemistry, uh, and the way they talked, they they made reference to the uh, Stargazer incident, um, which if you yeah if you if you watch the series if you read the books. Um, uh, Picard was the first officer on Stargazer. Yep. The ship was destroyed. All hands lost, I believe, or a yeah, lot I think of people, most died. people died. Yeah, um, because of the Ferengi. Um, but it's never really explained in the series <laughs> or in the movies. They never really talk about it. I, it's referenced more in the books. I can't quite remember what the story is, um, but they put most of the blame on Picard, possibly because he was one of the few to survive. Um, but he got. He got uh, demoted, and, and it took him years to build everything back up. And didn't didn't he he take over as the captain once the captain was disabled? Yes, something like that, right? But the ship was still destroyed. Yeah. But he was the one who who got screwed over by that. Um, and she, the JAG officer, in this episode, uh, she was the one who prosecuted him. That's right. Stargazer. That's incident. right. Yeah. But they seem to have that that uh, uh, tempestuous relationship because of that. But they also seem to have maybe dated in the past or fooled maybe, around maybe, a little bit. Maybe, the, it's very heavily implied. I but hope Picard got off because uh, he was doing the tag officer like the prosecutor. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's bizarre, right? Like they, it's, it's really obvious on the show that something happened, but they never reference it in any way at all verbally. They just kind of go with it. But the chemistry between the two of them is, is unmistakable. That's so true. Um, and I would have liked to have known more about that backstory. I would like to have known more about the Stargazer incident, the thing that defined Captain Picard's career. Yeah, and you know, like Picard, as was um, mentioned in Tapestry, in the episode Tapestry, is, is season six one. He was a ladies' man. Yeah, you know, he was uh, a Lothario. Up, but, yeah, uh, this is the first time you know we have any hints of uh, any you know real uh, attraction for for and women we're, and what, dating. 20... And... Eight thirty episodes mm-hmm. into the series, yeah. At this point, first yeah. time we see any hint of any sort of sexuality coming from Captain Picard. Yeah, yeah. Good lord. And also, yeah, this was one odd thing I noticed, but uh, there is a collar that the Asian admiral wears that we never see again in any iteration of Star yeah, Trek. I saw that. Did too, you notice right? that too? It so, was like a weird, shitty, uh, shitty. Um, uh, like a like a like well, a medal or something. Well, it was like the pips were vertical on it, yeah. you know, and um, but like it was like some weird ostentatious kind of thing. Yeah, we've never seen that was the first actual uh, collar we've seen in any Star Trek, really. At that point, I, I'd like in, in uh, TOS, no no collars no, and TNG, no. Co- but this was the first appearance of any collar in any Star Trek show. I'm just saying as an interesting point of reference. This is the first time we see a, a collar. But the uniforms in season two are weird to begin with. Go, gotta, yeah, I gotta go back. Sorry, we're just. Uh, oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. Here it is, look. 
Yeah, he's got that broad gold band yep. across his yep. chest, and then those pips that go up. Yep, you um, never see that before. And you after. see a very highly advanced admiral. Is he like the 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 Starfleet uh, head of Starfleet or something? You can buy me dinner. <laughs> she, the Jag officer, really is a thing for Picard. Um. Okay, so um, Melissa Snodgrass wrote this one, and I looked her up on uh, Memory Alpha, and she wrote six other TNG episodes. Uh, this was her first one, actually. And the other episode she wrote, not as good as this one. And I didn't know if you knew, but she uh, got fired after season three. Or sorry, she quit after season three, after Michael Piller sent out a memo to all the TNG writing staff about uh, the etiquettes of proper television writing. And Melissa, and Melissa Snodgrass uh, took it as an insult to her abilities and quit the show. So he addressed it to everyone, but he it was dr- basically addressed to her. Yes. Um, that's what I read from Memory Alpha. Um, she wrote also the episode Pen Pals. Do you remember that one? Sarah Polly. I don't know about Sarah Pauly. Um, the mean, Ghosts with Sarah Polly. No, 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 no. You're thinking of a season five episode. Yeah. Uh, Pen Pals, do you remember there was this episode where this planet was just exploding? There's lava coming out everywhere. And Data, what, he picked up this transmission from a planet and he makes friends with this like little alien oh, girl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, try- they're trying to help. Yeah. Oh, that's a great episode. That's a great Data episode. It's a good Data episode, but yeah. it's no major man. You don't mind you. No, no, no. Well, there's no Picard in it. No. So, hold on a second here. But no, no, that's a fantastic episode. I really like that. Yeah. Um... Uh, okay, so I just brought up the memory alpha of Melissa Snodgrass, and aside from Measure of a Man, she did uh, the Instance of Command, uh, Pen Pals, which I talked to, to you about earlier, um, Up the Long Ladder, don't know Up that the one, long ladder, and right. The High Ground. Uh, here, I'm just, let ladder. me just look up the, lo- up the Long Ladder. That one, I... This so you're better with remembering the, the names of the episodes. Yeah. I'm better at remembering the episodes themselves. Oh, think, do you remember where this farming community aborted the Enterprise and Riker, like... Has, oh, the Irish? Yeah, the uh, Irish farming, one, yeah. yeah, the very offensive Irish culture yes, that, yeah, yes. where you feel bad for O'Brien because yeah. he's very Irish and <laughs> yeah. people... Yeah, yeah so it's something about washing feet. I yeah, washing that, yeah. feet, yeah. And then, like, uh, Riker invites one of the Irish lasses into her into his quarters, yeah. and uh, it's a whole big thing. And, yeah, and she's like, "Don't do that, everyone. Watch their feet in the twenty fourth century." I can't do accents, but you get the idea. <laughs> you do it better than she did. Yep. Um, and then yeah, Riker gets it on. You know, good good for Riker. He's like the Kirk of TNG in many ways. You know. Oh yeah, very much so. Yep. Um, but but back to Picard. Yep. Measure of a man. We got sidetracked again. We but <laughs> we meant to start this podcast about an hour ago, uh, but we kept getting sidetracked by other things. So we do apologize for that. Yeah, like video um, games and. <laughs> but the whole point with Measure of a Man, uh, Data wants to be dis- Data doesn't want to be disassembled by this Maddox character. Uh, Maddox character thinks that he can learn from Data, from Data's parts basically about um, how to create another positronic brain to create more Datas. Yep. But nobody except Maddox seems to think this is a good idea. Data himself is concerned that, you know, yes, his memory will be uploaded to the Starfleet Central Data Core, I think is what they said. But the how did he phrase it? He said the... Uh, the, well, the he, just build, he just wants to build an army of Datas with, well, with with the same intelligence. Yeah, but Data's worried and processing about the, power. Oh, his his the, memory is not being transferred. 
Yeah, the there's an ephemeral quality. The ephemeral that, quality. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. that's the word he used. Uh, which and and so Picard is very upset by this. He's yep. a he's a uh, he reminds me of a Roman general who Roman general. goes to he goes to war when his Caesar tells him to, but when he's done the war, he comes home. He goes back to his farm and he just farms and you know grows crops for wine and whatnot. But then call, gets called back to war again, and when he goes to war, he is vicious and decisive and 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 saw and and wins yep. but then the war's done he goes back that's what Picard reminds me of in this situation well uh, data doesn't want to uh, be disassembled we're gonna go to war for this so then the whole court gets set up he yep. does what he can and that's where Picard shines when it come he he's he's a battle commander he he can handle um, um, fights yep. uh, in space on ground um, on the ship, he can handle that. But where he really shines as a person, as a as a commanding officer, something like this in the, in a court setting, where he can give that impassioned speech that nobody else could give except for Captain Picard, because he has that gravitas and that belief and that charisma and that magnetism and that sense of justice. Yeah. Right. So throughout the episode, you see these very impassioned speeches that he's giving to the JAG officer, to Maddox, to the courts. And you can't help but be won over by it. And, and I, I, from the beginning, I agreed with Picard and data, but even if I hadn't, I still feel like I would have been won over by Picard's argument in the end. His charisma, just by his charisma more than anything. And his passion, right? His, yeah. his Shakespearean passion. Yeah. Um, it just, it totally works. I agree. Like, this is basically Picard at his best. You know, he's throwing himself into the fire for his fellow comrade. Yeah, he's you know? going down swinging, like, no matter what. Um, and even if he loses, his first, his his officer, his third officer, Data, is going to know that Picard went down swinging. Wait, is Data his second officer or third officer? Second officer. Second. Yeah, yeah. Worf is third. Worf. Yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 But, uh, no, like, this is why I love Picard so much, you know? He's... He's a lover, <laughs> you know, in many ways. Like a lover, not a fighter in this case. Well, no, he, he does fight in this episode. He, he yeah. fights for the rights of his officer, you know, but with such love and passion, you know, and um, you root for him so much because, like, I mean, Data, he is in such a shitty position, you know, and you have this charismatic captain just fighting for the rights of a being that have not been his, cemented yet. Well, his friend, his, his subordinate, friends, you know? his, and he, this, his friend and subordinate could end up being a slave if, if he lets him go. And one of the, cause, and the, uh, the listener should be aware, sorry, the listener should be aware that, uh, while we're talking, we have the episode playing muted in the background just to kind of give us something to play off of. Um, so right now we're watching the scene where Data is in his uh, in his rooms. He's packing up because he's now quit Starfleet. So they show the little um, Tasha Yar hologram. So that scene in his chambers, and then that scene in the courtroom where they play the they turn the hologram on, um, and then Picard says to Data, "Like I don't think Tasha would mind in this situation." Yeah. Um, just very touching because Picard knows how hard it is for Data to talk about it. Um, how much data wants to keep it a secret, but the obvious uh, love that uh, Riker, Picard, and Data have for Tasha, yep. and the respect they have for Data, and they, you know, they all feel bad for making Data talk about it. Like it all comes through on the screen. It's just 
phenomenal. And, yeah. and it's all carried by Picard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I should also mention that the actor who plays Maddox, I don't know what this guy's name is, but he is perfectly cast for this role. You know, and he's not so much of a villain. Like, you kind of get his points, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't hate like, him. Yeah, you don't hate him, but, um, I mean, he's a little bit arrogant, mind you. But, like, you get where he's coming from. You know, it would be pretty cool if every starship in the fleet had a Data on board. Like, look at what one Data is doing for the Enterprise. Yeah. He has saved that ship. Like, he, he, saved the ship, he saves the ship in every episode, almost. You know, not every episode, but, like, a good chunk of the episodes, Data somehow saves the ship. A the, decent chunk, you know? And imagine what that would do for all the, uh, like, for the entire fleet. But, you know... Um, it's how he's going about it that's the problem. It's how he's going about it. Like, yeah. this Maddox guy, he's basically saying, well, I don't quite know how to replicate your technology 100%, so we might lose you. I, I'm hoping once you're in pieces that I can figure it out. Yeah. That's what he's so, saying, and that's... Fucking awful. You know, like, Maddox lacks the specifics. Picard knows this. Picard can see it's a bad idea, as I think anybody would, you know. So he stands right in front uh, of his officer and help and protects him against the evil state. It, but I don't think Starfleet is evil, mind you. And I think Starfleet should not have given the, the directive to, uh, or the, sorry, that transfer order. You know, it seems like every time an admiral or someone from Starfleet comes on board the Enterprise, like, you know, like that... Shit goes sideways. Shit goes sideways, you know. And um, do you remember that captain who came on board in season six in Chain of Command? Do you remember that guy? Mm. Um, he was an older fellow. Do you, you know the episode I'm talking about Chain of Command? That's uh, where Picard the Forge gets... is old No, 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 no. That, that's, so do you remember the episode where um, Picard gets captured by the Cardassians? Oh, and yeah, there yeah, are yeah. four lights. Yeah, 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 and then of course, you get yeah. another captain. Who that's that episode we're doing for that season. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's like four episodes from now. Yeah. But it's like every, or sorry, most admiral, admirals or captains who, who Picard has to deal with are kind of not as good as Picard. You know, yeah. like Admiral, oh, I think her name, Admiral Nakamoya. Remember that, you know, that blonde hair? Nakamori, Nakamori. Yeah. That blonde chick. Yeah. That blonde woman. She's not that great either, you know, and like she's no Picard. And you would think the admirals or the other captains would be kind of close to Picard morality or charisma or intelligence, but they're all so shitty. Well, the the admiral in um, was it Nemesis where they have the the no, it's on Nemesis. You're thinking of Star Trek Nine. Um, oh my god, the 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 Fountain of Youth one. Yeah, Fountain of Youth one. Yeah, why? Uh, not first, first contact, contact uh, nemesis no the one before nemesis um you, oh uh why why can't no, we I think got, of the fucking name my tongue it is insurrection thank you yes insurrection star yeah, trek yeah. insurrection yeah. so the admiral in that one was a complete fuckwad and and uh picard is the moral compass for the entire okay, fucking movie let me just ask you if you could pick one picard line from insurrection i i i know the line the famous Picard line from Insurrection. What do you think it is? Uh, I have no idea. How many will it take, Admiral? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I can see that in my head now. Because <laughs> he has that fucking Picard yeah. gravitas. Yeah. yeah. He just yeah. owns the screen. Okay, he... well, let me ask you a different question. In Star Trek Eight. Um, do you remember what the pivotal Picard... What would you say is the pivotal Picard moment in Star Trek Eight? It's when he's climbing up the, uh, the warp coils in the engine room. Oh, um, that part, okay. Yeah, and he's talking, he's arguing with the queen, basically. 
Um, and then him and him and Data are talking after. There's a lot of Picard and Data yeah. moments that I quite like, um, where Data says that he thought about it for one, like point point three, three seconds. Milliseconds or or, yeah. and, but for an android, that's yeah, a lifetime. <laughs> perfect, right? Total playoff. Well, what is it for you though? Well, for me, it's when um, I can't remember the, the the female character like from the 21st century. I forget her name now, right? So, but um, uh, Lily? Lily. Lily. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. God. Names. I'm horrible <laughs> at names. Um, but no, like when they're having that discussion in the ready room. Oh and, and, yeah. And Picard, he gets really and, mad. Like, he yeah, he gets really mad. Ships. And like she is like, um, haven't you ever read Moby Dick? Don't you have Moby Dick in the 24th century? She makes that wonderful yeah. comparison. You know that Picard's just out for revenge. And then she's like, blow the ship up, Jean Luc. And she's like, and then he's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, then, and then he, he, the, he and then he throws the, the gun against all his ships. And we and then uh, she's like, "Oh, you broke your little ships." <laughs> he goes, "We, they, we meet in. Uh, they, they, they meet us here, and we withdraw. They meet us here, and we withdraw. Uh, but, but here, this is where we draw the line in the sand. We say this far and no further. No more. <laughs> no, no more. And he's the, got that Picard energy. He owns the screen. Yeah. He he has that accent that just yep. kills it, and he he has that charisma. Yeah. It's I'm amazing. getting tingles just thinking about oh, it right I'm gonna now. I gotta watch actually. that scene again now. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Uh, I wonder What's if it's on YouTube. Oh, it's great, man! It is absolutely great. Oh, so brilliant. That's what stands out for me. But going back to measure of a man, what stands out for me in this episode is probably well, the most Picardian moment is when uh, the trial is actually happening. You know, like when he's trying to convince the JAG officer and well, everyone else, mind you, that. Um, dissecting data and replicating him will be nothing less than slavery basically you know um like we will be judged by how we treat um those who serve under us yeah that's the argument he's making he doesn't say it that way but that's the argument that he's making i actually wrote it down right here how will we be judged by how we treat the race that we create yeah that's what he says and i think that is a brilliant line you know and as i told you earlier like we are so judged by how we treat the less fortunate in our society and we are judged by how we treat animals in our society you can you can have a good um moral compass by any society by how they treat their animals yeah you know like i won't give you examples but um um there is another line here that i wrote down Okay, here it is. Um, Starfleet was founded to seek new life. Well, there it, it is. sits. Yeah. So that line really stood out for me as well. But it's, his it, argument too with Maddox about um, uh, how's he phrase it the uh, the um, um, what makes someone human, what makes someone sentient. Um, that whole scene where Maddox is in the chair. And data fulfills two of the three um, um, items that would make someone yep. or make make someone a someone. Yeah. Um, so what happens if he fills that third? Yeah. If he if he completes that third category, um, what then is he sentient? Yeah. Um, so wait, it was that whole little scene. Intelligence, self awareness, uh, self awareness, consciousness, and consciousness. Yeah. So he hit the first two. He's intelligent. He's self aware, but consciousness. That is a tricky question. Did he ever yeah. prove that data was conscious? conscious well, the the problem is that you can't or... prove that humans are either, which I think is what our, what Picard was saying. Yeah, like right? we're all dan- like as the jag officer said, we're all dancing around the issue of data having a soul, and uh, and she and, said like, we can't. I even, don't know if I have I don't a soul. Even know if soul yeah. So 
that is like how do you define consciousness you know like that is that's one of the reasons why i love star trek and this episode because it deals with great philosophical questions what is consciousness you know so intelligence self-awareness but a soul how do you determine that in a court of law is it and should you determine that in a court of law too one of the best definitions i've ever heard of life um the purpose of life is basically we are here on this planet to transfer energy that is the simplest way of putting uh, I've it. I've heard that before, yeah. We're here to transfer energy. So we have machines today that transfer energy, right? So they fulfill a certain purpose. But do they have consciousness? No. Do they have self-awareness? No. Do they have intelligence? Yes. Many of them do have intelligence, you know, like local AI or, or AI, I should say. But are they conscious? No. Conscious. Why do I keep saying conscience the, and conscious? I keep saying, oh, my God. But the, uh, that's where the IP is. great <laughs> little scene in this episode is when Picard is talking to Guinan after Riker shuts Data off and Picard is kind of devastated because he knows that that's a great argument for Data being a machine and he talks to Guinan and Guinan is the one who puts him on the path of slavery and yeah. ownership and, and all that. That whole little quiet little scene between the two of them is perfect. And I also thought it was kind of interesting how Picard is somehow of a randomly great defense lawyer i mean like i've I always thought that to be a good defense lawyer it takes years of training and experience but then i was thinking in encounter at far points he defended humanity against the q continuum so he has some experience as a defense lawyer and this kind of brings me back to my point of the fact that he is a renaissance man picard is <laughs> we the uh the, i think the role of a starship captain um at least in picard's era involves a lot of negotiation um, um, involves a lot of impassioned speeches involves a lot of um, compromise in the because you're going out you're you're meeting new life forms new civilizations etc you're creating peace treaties you're uh, pushing the boundaries of federation space um, that's part of the role of a captain i think and we just don't get to see it very often with picard like counter far point for sure when he's arguing with q about uh, humanity's future uh when he's arguing in measure of a man about data being a person having a soul etc he does a great job i think that's too odd i think that's just picard that's who he is yeah i mean i know i was more surprised by Riker being such a good uh prosecutor he was a good prosecutor yeah. yeah but he had to be because if he wasn't then remember what the jag officer said you know like if yeah. i see for one second that you're not doing your job then i will end this thing fucked. here and there then yeah. it is fucked so yeah yeah he had to be a good prosecutor yeah. Yeah, exactly um but also actually amplifying your point a little bit uh cisco i know you haven't seen this episode but cisco was a good defense lawyer for Worf in one of the later ds9 episodes that i don't, I don't think you've seen it yet but it's well where, i will say that i'm sure cisco has to be good at at least one thing he's right at, he's good he's a, he's a great father great captain he's a great pro, um emissary um he's a lot of things which is i why i respect him almost as much as picard but there is this one <coughs> episode of ds9 where Cisco has to defend Worf because in the, um, Worf attacked a civilian ship in a moment of battle. Oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, oh, you yeah, did yeah. see that yeah, one. Yeah, the Worf, uh, the uh, Klingon ship. The Klingon ship. That's yeah. right. What yeah. did you think of that one? It was good. Yeah, yeah, totally good. So, like, that is an example of a not because good, of Cisco, but it was good. But it wasn't. 
bad because of Cisco, right? And it, it wasn't good in spite of Cisco. Yeah, yeah. I can see. Okay. Yeah. See, Stephen and I have not a disagreement about Cisco. Well, I would say it's a disagreement about Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> More, I haven't watched all of Beef Space Nine. Uh, I'm only watching it because Stephen convinced me to. It's a very good series. It's fun. It's entertaining. I have a hard time with Cisco. I think possibly because I didn't watch him when it was first airing when I was younger. Uh, um, there might be a nostalgic factor in there, I'm assuming, maybe. I got into DS9 a lot later than... Damn it, there goes Barry. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, no, and I... The more... Like, I binge-watched it, and DS9 is meant for binge-watching. You know, it's a beautifully serialized story um, with richer... I would say richer characters than TNG, you know? Uh, but TNG, I've always said, has the best standalone series, but DS9 has the best You can drop arcs. into it at any point. And yeah, just watch. you know, um, but DS9, if you, it is more rewarding if you watch it in order, definitely, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you will never have characters like Garrick or Odo or Quirk on TNG because Those they are, three characters are the best to watch, and the interplay that they have, um, Odo and Garrick and um, Quark and Odo, yeah, well, that's amazing. Yeah, you will yeah. never have that on TNG. Yeah. You know, like I like the friendship between Data and LaForge, but you compare that to the friendship between Bashir and O'Brien. Yeah, it's that grows over the course. It of grows the series. Yeah. definitely. You know, and like the love hate relationship between Odo and Quark on DS Nine. When when Odo's in trouble and like physically hurting, Quark mm-hmm. is really concerned and gets yeah. help and whatnot. And and Odo overlooks some of the things Quark does, and Quark helps Odo, but make sure that Odo like Odo knows it was Quark that helped, but yeah, no, but doesn't say that the whole thing. Like those relationships are great to watch. Yeah, but so by your own admission, you're saying like DS9 is a more complex, interesting show, and you you agree? I never said it wasn't. I okay. said I didn't like Cisco. <laughs> I, I I don't know, man. Like I, I will say, Picard is my favorite captain. That's why we're doing this yep. podcast, for God's sakes. But Cisco is brilliant in his own right too. I would say like Kirk is interesting. Janeway is great. Um, the other captains, whatever. But Archer, <laughs> Archer, yeah, yeah. You know, like I mean, like Archer lacked charisma and gravitas, and he didn't lack charisma. What he lacked was a good supporting cast. I think. No, he lacked charisma. You think? <laughs> he lacked charisma, yeah, oh, yeah definitely. I liked him. Uh, Scott Bakke was not a bad, bad yeah. actor, but he's no Avery Brooks. He's no Patrick Stewart. And Catherine Janeway, um, Kate Mulgrew, she had charisma, too. She was very authoritative, yeah. you know? And, yeah, very um, much so, yeah. She was a great captain, but Jonathan Archer never really did it too much for me. I always would have liked to have seen Janeway and Picard in a in a scene together yeah well you had that actually in nemesis well a few like like not just like that but like like an actual yeah plot driven scene well wait until star trek picard the cards are right there there can you imagine that'd be amazing yeah like what i want to see in star trek picard just we won't stay on this point very long but is q to return i want q to, to come back we talked about this how it could happen Q, or sorry, the uh, John Delancey with his aging, you know. So John Delancey himself is like 71, yeah, 71, yeah. yeah. You know, so he could just see Picard in his old age, and um, and initially we could... Ah, more Capitan. You know, I'm old like you. Yeah, there he goes, yeah. snaps his fingers. So he appears young via CGI magic, and then snaps his fingers and turns old, and sure, I'll accept that, yeah. by all means. But... Okay. Also, kind of, I always wonder, in the Q vein with Picard... Because Q has a great fascination with Picard, with Janeway. 
I wonder when Janeway and Picard die, what happens with Q? How upset does he get? Because he can travel to any point in time, do whatever he wants, blah, blah, yep. blah. But when they die, there's no further adventures. Then it devolves into what time travel, etc. But when Picard dies, Q's main foil, his main... I guess his pet, basically. Friendly, yeah, his biggest pet, right? His his main opponent slash pet is gone. Yeah. So there's no more arguing, no more of Picard telling uh, telling Q that whatever he's doing is insane. Um, what does that look like for Q? Which is totally different podcast, of course, but I've always wondered that. Yeah. I don't know. Q is um, he's an, an omnipotent being. You can do anything you want. So you can go back and go to any time you want. Do whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. So yeah. So I love the chemistry between Picard and Guinan. Always that, every episode they're in together. Every scene they have together, yeah. they are perfect for each other. Yeah. And yeah. if it weren't for that one interaction they had to tend forward, Picard's whole defense would. Definitely not have been, been a strong... Yeah, it uh, never would have worked. He, he never would have gone in that direction. So, Picard, Or at least it would have taken him a lot longer to get there. Yeah, Data owes his life to Guinan in many ways, really. You know? Well, that's also true for... What's the episode where they meet uh, Mark Twain? Uh, oh, yeah, that's um, that's the season, season five, five finale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, time Zero. Yeah. Time Zero part... Well, both one and two. And that's because of Guinan and all that, yeah. Yeah. Well, I really hope... Actually, Whoopi Goldberg is aging quite well, you know? So I really hope she is in the new Picard series. Can you imagine if she's in the Picard series? But actually, you know what? That wouldn't work because she has age. You know, it's been 25 years. Yeah. She has age. So, and DeLoreans, or is it Elorians, right? Elorians, yeah. Delorean or Elorians? Elorians. Elorians, yeah. They don't age, right? So... Well, in the in in the uh, uh, time of TNG, she's meant to be like 300 years old or something. Yeah, so... I guess, and Q, I guess, uh, in, in the books, it, did you read Q Squared? I learned Q Squared, right? Um, That's where uh, Trelane is. Yeah, yeah, I read that one, yeah. So in that one, Q is wary of or almost afraid of Guinan because of whatever she is could possibly um, interfere with what Q is doing. So she has some sort of ephemeral power Howling, or something, something, you know. something there. But CGI is a wonderful thing. Yeah, so Picard is really brilliant in defending Data, you know. Um, all the arguments he brings up, that um, Data is intelligent, he is sentient, he is self-aware. And, you know, we're all dancing around the idea of, is he conscious or not? And uh, I think with Picard's charisma and his intelligence, he convinces the JAG officers, so... He convinced me, that's for sure. Well, I was convinced before the whole thing started. Oh, me too, but yeah. I, could I, was see, on... I could see where Maddox was coming from. Yeah. Even though I didn't agree with it. Like you said before we started recording, you didn't agree with it either, but you could see it. I can see where um, he's coming from. But the argument was destroyed as Picard kept talking, which is what Picard does. He wins arguments, he wins fights, he wins battles. He That's what he does. Okay, we're just going to take a little break, and we'll be right back. Okay, okay, so we are back, and I hope you're still with us. And 
after that break, um, we have just decided to talk about the ratings of the episodes that we're doing. And I know we didn't do one for the last episode, but as I mentioned before, this podcast evolves and evolves into greater and better things. So we are going to have a rating system based off of Earl Grey's. One How many Earl- cups of Earl Grey per episode? Right. I, personally, that's, a, that's what I think. So one Earl Grey being complete shit. Ten Earl Greys being the ten cups of Earl Grey. Ten cups of yeah, being the best of the best. Should we rate Farpoint as well? Because that was okay. Sure, let's rate Farpoint then. So out of the ten, oh, and and to specify, we're basing this rating system just on the Picard episodes that we're going to do, even though the later episodes of the podcast, later episodes of the series, we haven't quite a hundred percent fleshed out, but our rating system is, like as mentioned in this episode, ephemeral. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, I like so the reasoning. We'll start with Farpoint. What would you give Farpoint? How I many would, cups of Earl Grey would you give um, Probably 6.5. See, that's a good number. I yeah. was right in there as well. Yeah. Um, I was going to go with 6 cups of Earl Grey okay. for Farpoint because okay. the big selling feature for Farpoint is Picard with his impassioned speeches to Q... The rest of it's not so great. Season um, one episode, you can only get so high with season one TNG yeah, episodes. Yeah, it can only go up from there. Yeah. Um, now, so so with Measure of a Man or the Measure of a Man, how many cups for upgrade do you give Measure? Oh, of a this man? one is an eight point five. I would say eight point five. Eight point five. Yeah. Um, maybe an eight, but probably an eight point five. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's the first great TNG episode, and it's Picard slash Patrick Stewart at his absolute best. You know, throwing himself uh, in front of the state to protect his friend, his comrade, his officer, and standing up for the rights of the less privileged. So I can't think of Picard any better than that, really, right now. So, yeah, 8.5 is what I would give it. I go with, I agree, like, this is the first time that we see Picard being Picard. Yeah. This, is, this, is, this is Picard being uh, the, the, the stalwart defender warrior that we know him to be um and this is the first time we see it not the last time we see it by any means i don't think it's the best how do i phrase that the best way we see him not the it's the it's not the the worst best maybe (laughs) that works uh we see him in better we see him in do it do it better later on yeah so i'm gonna go with eight cups of royal gray for this cups all right 8.5 to eight still very well no no because i'm thinking of some of the other episodes we're gonna do 7.5 so okay so i'm gonna say a (laughs) 7.5 7.5 cups of royal gray seven and a half cups of royal gray um for for the measure of a man because he does an amazing job but he gets better and I'm trying not to 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 think ahead too much, but at the same time, I can't help but think that I need some wiggle room for ratings. Yeah, okay. Well, this that's a good lead into the next episode we're going to do. Um, hopefully a lot sooner than the last episode we did. Two months apart. Uh, two months apart. Yeah. So the original plan was to do this one month apart. Um, but, you know, life gets in the way. Various factors get in the way. Fucking so, virtual. yeah. <laughs> so we are going to have the next episode out a lot sooner than we got this one out, okay? Because the new Picard series is coming out at the end of the year. And, um, I mean, we have we're, we're in July now. We have 
five more up yeah five more seasons to go right so yep. what so that's august september october november actually technically we're hey, right, we're right oh, on track yeah. but good still. for us yeah <laughs> but we, maybe we get throw in some movies right like I, mean, I would love to do the movies before it starts i would love to at the very least do uh uh nemesis before it starts definitely that the last one definitely right? yeah. so um also, before we end this episode, there are two things I want to talk about. For one, uh, we have transitioned Earl Grey's, and now Dan and I are drinking something called the Wicked Awesome IPA by a local Canadian brewing company called Nickelbrook Brewing Co. Um, I don't quite know where they're based. Sounds uh, like they're I, no, Burlington, Ontario. Burlington, Ontario, and it's the. Uh, 6.5% alcohol with the 64 IBU, which is the bitterness international bitter units. bitterness units, right? And um, how would you rate this beer, Dan? Um, on the Earl Grey scale we've invented from one Earl Grey being shit to 10 Earl Greys being amazing. Where would you put the wild, or sorry, the wicked awesome IPA? I give it a solid uh, five and a half. The milkshake IPA from Flying Monkeys, quite, I give that a solid seven. Quite and a half. critical. The but... triple IPA, the <laughs> Sparkle Puff, I give a solid nine and a half. Nine and a half. Okay. Um, well, the Wicked Awesome Which IPA isn't even as high as its, as its alcohol content. Okay. Well, the, the, <laughs> the Wicked Awesome IPA, I'm giving seven Earl Greys out of ten, and the milkshake, I'm giving that an eight point five. Nice. And the Interstellar, I'm giving that a solid eight. So tonight's been the uh, the milkshake IPA is the clear favorites, and um, I think we can say we can definitely recommend that. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah, very yep. much so. Um, so if you're a fan of Canadian beers, we would say the milkshake. Um, sorry, the Flying Monkeys Milkshake IPA. What's the IP, IP, uh, IBU on that? The alcohol content? That wasn't the triple, was it? No, no. The no. triple was uh, oh, much more. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Regardless, these are all fine beers by the uh, Nickelbrook and the Flying Monkeys. And they are what help us bring this podcast to you. Yeah, that's right. And uh, so the next episode we're going to do is Measure of a Man. Nope, that's what we just did. Oh, sorry. Clearly the... Uh, <laughs> really good beer, so we forgot what we were doing for a second. Yep. Uh, so the next <laughs> the next podcast uh, episode we'll be doing is Best of Both Worlds, part one. And season finale of season, season three. three right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that should be out next month. Uh, or, yeah. Early. Yeah. We'll get this done sooner than later. That's for sure. We should, is there a way to play the... Uh, should I pause it? Okay, so in light of the fact that we are going to play or do a uh, do a best of both worlds podcast episode next week or in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to play you the trailer for the original best of both worlds episode. And I remember this trailer being aired back in the '90s when I was a kid. I was eight or nine years old at the time. Uh, the The guy's voice just brings it right back. So this trailer is amazing. They're the most powerful force in the universe. Now the Borg had the most destructive plan ever to conquer the human race. You have committed acts of aggression against the United Federation of Planets. Target one, the Enterprise. Directed, Death Nine. Jordy evacuating generic. <laughs> Target two, Captain Picard. Your culture will adapt to service hours. We would rather die. The final target, Earth. On the next exciting episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation. And that's the episode that we'll be doing next time.
Well, we want to thank you for uh, listening to us today. I gotta be careful here. And we could very easily fall down the YouTube rabbit hole for Star Trek. Um, but next uh, next episode, all good things. It's gonna be hopefully fantastic with some good beer to talk about, good Picard moments to talk about. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening, um, giving us a chance to stretch our creative wings, um, enjoying hopefully our little uh, foibles and quirks as we carry on with this um and we will see you uh next time so i'm dan take care and i'm steven and uh take care bye-bye